Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. There's a new coach in town. Let's talk about it here in the Doghouse on the Believe Podcast Network. Welcome back to the Doghouse. Yes, we've been away for a little long. Last week's events, both the Egg Bowl, Thanksgiving, and not to mention a ongoing coaching search, really kept us on the hop with our duties at Jeans Page 24-7. But we're back here in the Doghouse, and two weeks from the day when Athletic Director Zach Selman was given the go-ahead and pulled the trigger to make a coaching change, He's found his new coach. Mississippi State has signed off on the hiring of Jeff Levy, Oklahoma State Offensive Coordinator, two-decade offensive coach in collegiate football at various programs and under quite a few distinguished mentors, and a guy who has, well, let the record speak for itself. He's put up points and yardage and statistics everywhere he's been. That's the bottom line. In fact, last night when we went out to meet him at Brian Field, and along with about 500 of our closest friends, or at least acquaintances, uh, the first words that came out of his mouth, practically, uh, there, was this, there was an introductory sentence or two, but he came out and said, we're going to be a football team that scores a bunch of points. Not scores points. Scores a bunch of points. You could talk about music to bulldog ears is sweeter than any cowbell, and ain't that saying a lot, and there were a lot of those there last night. We expect more this Monday evening when there's an official get-together in front of the SEAL complex. Following that will be the formal press conference with Jeff Levy. We've not had a chance to talk to him yet. He went straight from talking to the crowd last night into a team meeting, his main audience, of course, being the Bulldogs. A lot of guys were out there to meet him, in fact. Uh, some of them even gave athletic director Zach Selman a little temporary ride on their shoulders in celebration of their new coach, which gives you an idea at least what uh, a sizable portion of the roster thinks. Now, we did notice that the players coming in, I would guess something like 40 or so, were much more dominated by guys about my height or less, i.e. the speed guys. And that's who's bound to be turned on by Levy. Not a lot of linemen on either side of the ball were there, but a few. Uh, even some seniors who will never get a chance to play for Levy and his new staff were there to welcome the new coach because they consider it their part of carrying on the legacy of Bulldog football as a whole, which they've done their best under struggling circumstances to do as well. But let's be clear about it. Jeff Levy is here. Mississippi State picked him out specifically to score points. Now, we don't have a final pecking order of what the preferences were by Presidents Mark Keenum and Selman. And Selman, by the way, with the help of two aides, did all the interviewing um, right up to the very end. A couple of serious candidates did meet either face-to-face or via connections with Dr. Keenum to talk it over. But the final decision was put in the new, and he's still new, only hired since January, athletic director's hands, and he came down. With, we believe, about five finalists, um, we do know offers were strongly considered but not extended to. Let's very stress that. Mississippi State did not make a hard and fast offer until it was sure who they wanted to go after. But there was serious interest, beginning with Shane Beamer, a head coach at South Carolina and well-known figure to Mississippi State. Uh, his $6.1 million salary with a quarter million buildup every year, even though South Carolina may be approaching a little bit of decision point next year, was pretty much going to lock that away. Uh, State inquired deeply into Barry Odom, the former defensive coordinator at Arkansas, longtime head coach at Missouri, and now at Nevada Las Vegas, having a turnaround season out there. 
John Sumrall, I really believe, was the second choice as far as talking about finalists because he did have an in-person interview with Mississippi State on Friday, and this is before his team played Saturday morning in Hattiesburg to lock up their place in the Sunbelt Conference playoffs. That shows just how badly Sumrall wanted the job and how seriously Mississippi State was considering him. Uh, The other figure involved was Willie Fritz, the coach at Tulane. But once it was learned that Houston was going to make a change, well, it's pretty much conceded that Fritz will take that job. Nothing as of yet, whether he has or not. But that certainly was the indication. And, of course, the hang-up on Summerall was that uh, should Bob Stoops have left Kentucky and for a couple hours looked like he was going away from Lexington to cross the SEC, Texas A&M, that Summerall, who coached a long time as coordinator and linebackers guy, at Kentucky under multiple coaches would be their first call replacement. Ultimately, though, Mississippi State, Jeff Levy, and he's a name who emerged early in the process. As a matter of fact, I can honestly say his name has been emerged ever since Mississippi State was looking at, at the end of the Mike Leach era. I mean, even before Mike Leach's final season, people remembered the job he did at Ole Miss. They kept up with the job he was doing at Oklahoma. They saw what he did at Central Florida before that Baylor. Jeff Levy was recognized as a rising star, and more so at Mississippi State, simply because, again, of that year in Oxford, 2020 season there, and the fact that he didn't leave under the best of relationships with the current Rebel coach, which is uh, always a good sign, at least on this end of things. How much that really matters, I don't know. (laughs) Show me a head coach and a coordinator who hasn't had a rocky relationship at times. I'm talking current times. Goodness knows, Jackie Sherrill ran through him just about like a pack of chewing gum sometimes. It's just part of the business, so I don't expect that to really make it any more of a rivalry than it already was. But it is quite the interesting side story, and our Steve Robertson has been writing up on that angle, plus the angle that this is the third Oklahoma connection Mississippi State has hired. Uh, of course, the first two had been at Oklahoma already, Daryl Royal, and uh, let's see, was it uh, Wade Walker? Yes, had been out there, came to Mississippi State, and Daryl succeeded. Walker's career ended, of course, with Mississippi State, as many have before. Lebby, he's coming here with an idea to make his mark as a head coach for the first time. Was there sentiment that Mississippi State needed a head coach to step in in this situation? Sure, I shared it. Uh, Mississippi State, by my count, and um, you may want to correct my numbers, but I believe seven of the last ten hires, uh, going back to the Bob Tyler era, have been coordinators or assistants and promoted. Uh, Tyler was promoted, Zach Arnett was promoted, others hired from other programs. Of course, Jackie Sherrill and Emory Ballard were out of the coaching for a couple of years, and Mike Leach is the only sitting head coach Mississippi State has hired since the 1950s, i.e. Daryl Royal himself. So that's been a long track record here at State of hiring coordinators, and either they develop or they don't. And by the way, uh, something I reminded a couple of media members of last night because they were getting caught up in the narrative, hey, State's finally getting an offensive coach. Well, let's just run through it. Bob Tyler, offensive coordinator the year before he took the head job at State. Uh, Emory Ballard, inventor of the wishbone. Albeit, <laughs> the wishbone football was about as defensive as offense gets, so I'll concede that. Rocky Felker, running backs and wide receivers, offensive coach as an assistant before he took the head job at Mississippi State. And of course, all-time great Bulldog quarterback. Jackie Sherrill, the closest thing to a defensive guy, more of a balanced old-school type coach, but of course, he loved his defense and kicking. So you can say he was an exception to that norm. After that, Sylvester Croom, West Coast offense, a coordinator and running backs coach in the NFL. Dan Mullen, of course, the 
um, one of the leading apostles of the spread offense as it was developing in the 2000s. Offensive guy, Joe Moorhead, very much an offensive guy. Mike Leach, what else needs saying? So Mississippi State has hired a lot, a lot of offensive-minded, offensive background coaches to be the head coach here. Let's not get carried away with that narrative right now that State's just going in an entirely new direction. It's simply a 180, almost a 720 spin, if you want to look at it that way, from what's been happening this past year when you had to promote a defensive coordinator in Arnett, who, as we repeat often, didn't ask for the job, but was willing to take it under stressful circumstances. It did not work out for all sorts of reasons. But what stands out, I was going through the numbers again today just to confirm it, Mississippi State this past year, dead last in SEC scoring. Just barely three touchdowns a game, and that's a whole point behind Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt, I repeat, only 30 touchdowns scored the entire year. Conference, non-conference. Well, of course, one was a defensive score. There was a kick return score. Um, it's, the offense is bad. <laughs> There's no way around it. State was just hideous on offense this season and scoring practically 10 whole points less than the previous year when Mike Leach's offense was number eight in the conference. By the way, Mississippi State has never, and I repeat, never led the Southeastern Conference in scoring offense. That goes back to 1932. So you'd say the Bulldogs are probably about due, aren't they? Well, if anybody's going to break through that, maybe it's Jeff Levy once he gets his own team assembled here. By the way, State's only led the SEC in total offense twice. 1982, that was the year Ballard got away from his wing bone to a more open offense. And 2014, when you recall Mullen and a certain fellow named Dak, made the Bulldogs all sorts of offensively minded. But this is no doubt a total transition from the past year. And in a way, yes, this is a new direction offensively because, as I mentioned, the other coaches came from various systems, be it options, uh, pro style, spread, um, those kinds of things. Levy is kind of a function of all of them in the modern package. He likes to throw the ball. He likes to run the ball. He likes to do whatever it takes to move the ball. Most of all, he wants to put up points, and he does it explosively. I was going through some of the listings on him. Let's just look at the past five seasons, and I think that's a good measure because it's his last year at Central Florida, a couple of years at Ole Miss, and then two years at Oklahoma. Uh, 95th, I'm sorry, 95 plays in 2019 of 20 or more yards from scrimmage. 71, 74, 75, 73. All of those were top 25 in major college football. And three years, those were top 10 in the FBS plays of 25 or more yards. No, I have not sat down and counted how many 20-yard plays Mississippi State had this past year on offense because it would be just too depressing. Point being, in these past five years, Levy's schemes have reduced five individuals with 3,000 yards passing and four with 1,000 yards receiving seasons because the ball gets spread around to a lot of receivers. Uh, just this past regular season, Oklahoma was number four ranked offense over 500 yards per game. 500 yards per game. There were multiple games that Mississippi State did not get 500 yards on consecutive weekends. I'm not trying to just pound on the 2023 Bulldogs. There were circumstances beyond anyone's control that contributed to their issues, whether it be injuries, whether it be the total transformation of the offensive approach, 
with personnel that have been trained two, three years in an air raid system. We're not going to go over the wisdom of that or lack thereof. It just happened. It didn't work. And now state, as a result, made the change. You know, I always wonder, what if state had pulled off that game at South Carolina, as they should have? Don't give a 14-0 lead. Build on that tie when you do get it. Is State welcoming a new coach today? Had they won at Auburn, is State. Now, by the Auburn game, trends had developed, and you could see the tension was building in the administrative offices about a change. But if you go that far back to September, well, for one thing, State's bowl eligible. And as of now, it looks like State will not be going to a bowl this season by virtue of their academic progress rate. There just aren't going to be enough slots available now, is what it appears. Um, I haven't run through all the list yet. Of course, we published a story Saturday morning. Who we, you know, if you wanted to go a bowl this game, and I know a lot of fans didn't, but if you did and you wanted to see the Bulldogs practice for a bowl, much more important for their new coach, State needed certain results in about six or seven games. At least five of them went the wrong way. So. I see no projections today holding Mississippi State in a bowl game now. And to be honest, that's it's not a good thing. Do not misunderstand. I'm not saying it's a good thing. It's never good not to go bowling. But it's kind of a relief. It's a relief for a bunch of seniors now who, well, they know they're finished. There may be a handful who have the option of a, another year, a fifth or a sixth year, but uh, judging by senior day turnout, not many are thinking that way. And, of course, the portal opens a week from Monday. You know that Will Rogers and others have declared for it. Uh, they certainly can change their mind because you can't officially enter until next Monday, and even then you can still pull out. And I'm wondering if the announcement of Levy will change some minds. Probably not Rogers, but it certainly will influence some of the skill position guys who think, hmm, I want to see what this guy does. Uh, offensive line? Well, no. When you're graduating the whole bunch of them, that's going to be his biggest and fastest rebuild job on the defensive line, second to that. So it, as we get deeper into this results of the hiring and the outlook for Bulldog football in the future, let's not overlook the fact that his biggest job will be rebuilding both lines of scrimmage. I don't care what system you have, the Southeastern Conference is and always will be a line of scrimmage league. That had a lot to do with the fact, by the way, why Mississippi State did not seriously consider offensive coaches from Group of Five or FCS programs. Yes, that's an easy way to go. They're putting up flashy numbers. They're doing it all sorts of things, but they're doing it against teams that don't have strong defensive lines, physical linebackers, and they don't require excellent blocking. Most of them don't, and that's probably not being fair to some of the championship teams at FCS, but you get my point there. Flashy offenses have a way of just not working in the SEC unless you combine it with a stout, and I do mean stout, line of scrimmage. As I used to say years ago, Steve Spurrier with his fun-and-gun offense, Steve Spurrier could have lined up in a traditional 1960s power eye and won 10 games a year. That's the kind of personnel Florida had. It was the twist of his offensive system that made them 11 and 12 game winners those years. And that's what I mean. Jeff Levy's going to bring in a new offensive approach, but it's still going to be built from foundation up, blocking and tackling. And Mississippi State is in desperate need of both of those. That's going to be something to talk about in upcoming podcasts as the portal season opens. Recruiting goes in that direction. Of course, the NCAA's signing period starts on December 20th, three days there. 
At least they'll have had a month now, roughly, to get acquainted with the new coach and the new staff. That's, um, you know, Steve and Mike and Rion and Justin and Robbie and myself. Uh, we've all been running pretty much uh, pedal to the metal and whatever accoutrement you want to say to the wall for now two weeks. And we'd love to take a break, but it's assistant season. State's got to go out and build a coaching staff. And certainly there are coaches we think should be retained that can fit into any system out there. I mean, who wouldn't want to keep David Turner and Chad Bumpus? And certainly you got to keep Tony Hughes around for your high school liaison off the field. You need to keep people like Rod Gibson, Jay Perry, Brad Peterson, and all those to help you out with the high school relations, certainly in your first year getting your feet under you. And again, Jeff Levy was at Ole Miss two years. So he knows Mississippi in that regard, and that's going to help. He doesn't come in cold, as did too many coaches have in the past here. So that's going to help, but it's, it's coming up fast. The fact that all those coaches who preceded him up until Arnett and to some extent Leach never had to really worry about the early signing period that much. Now it is the signing period. They certainly never had the portal to worry about. The portal is your other signing period running at the same time. And this way, remember, it also has been cut down to 30 days. It runs through January 2nd. So portal action is going to be a lot more fast and furious as compared to the first couple of years of it when you go on into mid-January and guys still make up their minds. And yes, of course, as long as you're in the portal, acknowledged by the NCAA, you don't have to sign at that time. You can still sign days, weeks, months afterwards at least until the spring window opens in April. But generally, guys want to get it done because they want to be practicing come spring and earning their place. So Jeff Lebby, last night his first order of business was to meet his current Bulldogs and start getting an idea of who's going to stay around, who might not be around. And I guarantee he's already been tearing apart the tapes thinking, I've got to plug in this now. Let's go. He's already been talking to the support staff as well. I mentioned Gibson, Peterson, um, Perry, and those guys. You know they've been talking to him quite a bit about where state stands recruiting-wise, what are priorities, where do you need to go now that you're on the job. Yes, you're going to be calling, looking for assistance, but you better get out there and also get yourself cleared to go out and cover these high school championships, which are coming up quickly too. The guy is going to hit the ground running. But you know what? Everywhere he's been, his offense has hit the ground running, hit the air flying, has put up points. I'm pondering a story lead here. I, I was kind of proud of last night's story that uh, the new Bulldog offense has touched down in Startwell. Thank you. Thank you very much. It actually occurred to me five minutes before the plane landed, but uh, it just seemed kind of a natural one. Um, as far as tonight's press conference, I've already written the lead on it, which is that uh, Bulldog football, Mississippi State University, the city of Startville, and the whole dang Southeastern Conference, they've heard the word. Jeff Levy is here. Now start getting ready for the fireworks because they're going to come really hot and fast. He's got to get a real jump on this. And that's, of course, we talked about a week or so ago when Arnett was let go, specifically why Selman wanted to make this a fast process. The portal opening next Monday, signing period December 20th, you had to get that. What do I think of the hire of Lebby? Well, of all the candidates considered, yeah, I mentioned I'd prefer a head coach in the sense that they've made those hard decisions. We saw what it did to Zach Arnett. Great guy, great defensive coach. 
but he'd never had to make the big decisions. He'd never sat in a lonely chair. And everybody has to do it a first time. In his case, because of all the circumstances, it just never came about. He, he, was, he found it difficult to become a head coach on the fly, which can be natural. I mean, he'd only been in a coordinator about five years or so, only an assistant coach less than a decade. We have a guy now who is in charge who has twice that amount of experience in college alone, a little bit of high school seasoning as well. So there's an advantage that maybe offsets the fact he's never had to be the guy to sit in the lonely chair and make those hard calls that only the head coach can do as far as hiring, yes, firing, uh, telling recruits, no, I don't want you, encouraging certain players to say, there's really not a place for you this coming season, all those things. He's going to have to do that for the first time seriously, and all the consequences fall on him. Do I think he's ready? Oh, heck yeah. I don't, I don't think it's a question. He was going to be a head coach soon. And Mississippi State just got in line first. In fact, uh, there's a certain school that uh, now is making great fun of this hire, who I, forgive me, but damn well guarantee you, he was going to be their first call had their current coach taken a job at A&M or possibly at Michigan or other places happening this year. So you know where I'm going in that direction. Now, so uh, does the phrase sour grapes come to mind? Maybe so. So Jeff Levy, he's going to bring an exciting offense. He's promised it. He came right out and he had to like the way that he didn't hedge any bets, so to speak talking to the crowd. He made it clear, we're going to score a bunch of points here. I think he also would like to see the defense score points, special teams score points. Uh, He'll take points however he can get them. Oklahoma experience proves that. And yes, he knows he's coming to a conference where defense is a whole different level than what it faced out in the Big 12 these many years. But of course, Oklahoma is going to be in the SEC next year, so he was going to run into these defenses anyway. Zach Selman was going to be in the SEC facing his former employer and, quite frankly, the one that he probably wants to get back to eventually. He was going to face them anyway. Selman and Levy are just getting a head start on the process before Oklahoma arrives this next July, along with Texas. Yeah, we're going to be watching some of those championship games this Saturday. As much as we kind of want to detox college football, especially state not going bowling this year. Oh, it's hard to think about it ending, but eventually it has to, and you get moving. But we're going to have to track assistant hirings, rumors and uh, ideas and notions, and who's visiting, who's likely to be retained, who's going to be let go. Uh, Bless them all as they seek jobs. I mean, There's not an assistant on this staff that you should be wishing ill on. I don't care what you think about the offensive coordinator. I don't care what you think about how certain positions are handled this year. They did what they could with what they had available. Or should I say, they did the best they knew how to do with what they had available. Other coaches could have taken this and done better. How much better? Now that we have a whole 12 games to watch, yeah, I admit my August predictions were grossly, grossly inflated for this team based mostly on seniority. I overlooked the rather glaring fact that State is just plain slow. It's just, that's it's slow. Uh, I wasn't aware how physically State was unprepared, and a lot of that had to do with the transition from Mike Leach, who wanted lighter, lankier linemen, uh, they had to put the weight back on, try to gain their strength, and do it in just a couple months for a plague. 
That's a heck of a lot more difficult than anybody realized. The state's paying the price in some recruiting on the defensive side. Uh, as many safeties and cornerbacks as state has signed in the last couple of years, quite a few of them out of the portal, secondary never was able to get its act together. There's still some talent there. And, and in fact, in the Egg Bowl, that may have been the best game the cornerbacks played the whole season against a legitimate opponent. Uh, the linebackers played pretty well. Defensive line, okay. State was just out-talented and, over the long haul, out-muscled in the Egg Bowl, and we don't want to talk much more about that. But it was a reminder that uh, you're losing so much off that roster that now this is going to be an incredible rebuilding job. Uh, do I foresee bringing in 40, 50, 60 new players? Probably not that many because, again, Mississippi State is an institution of higher learning. You don't want to just jettison these guys and say, go find a scholarship and see if you can complete your education somewhere else. You want to be thoughtful about that. If that strikes you as hopelessly old-fashioned, well, sorry. I am. This is still a university. That's the first call. But within that context, the other thing about the portal, guys will have to go somewhere to play. So it's it's. I think it'll be equal parts players encouraged to leave, but also players who see the future and are looking for playing time elsewhere, which is kind of an odd thing to say given how many holes will be open in the starting lineup this year, but they also have an idea of where they stood going in. And if they were not beating out some of these players, well... Maybe their future is not so bright here either. And that's also the thing about the portal too. Guys in the portal need somewhere to go. So I expect Levy to make an attractive offer to lots of players out there, especially guys that you may not get the quite the same elite that Oklahoma normally recruits, but he's certainly going to be able to get good players out of the portal because guys have to find a place to play, and they've got to do it earlier than ever this year by the first week of January so they can get enrolled in school. So that's going to be a plus if it's worked right by this staff, and you've got to think they will because they know the importance of a complete rebuild. And the rebuild is also a little bit easier in the sense that had State retained Zach Arnett, and we've talked about this before, they were probably going to try to plug a lot of junior college guys in. Once upon a time, great solution. Now, not so much. The quality of players there is just not what it used to be for good reasons. Guys are getting eligible out of high school and don't have to go JUCO anymore. If you're specific, you can pick up guys. Uh, but too often, how many JUCO players have we seen come in and, frankly, needed to redshirt? You can't do that anymore in the portal area. You can't tie up those scholarship slots by redshirting JUCOs. If you're going to redshirt, you do it with high school kids who get to play their four games and develop. So now Levy and the staff he eventually assembles is able to go in a more traditional recruiting direction once they prowl the portal and start restocking for the long haul with high school prospects. And I do expect some prospects who have wavered in recent weeks, even decommitted outright, to uh, look at State in a much more favorable light the more they hear about this new coach and soon the more they hear from this new coach as he gets out and about and makes those connections with prospects. But you know, the story I'm filing on this too, there's one overriding aspect I see to this. Mississippi State was going to have a new coach of somehow, some sort. Somebody was going to have this job going to 2024. It was going to be, he was going to be the fifth head coach in eight seasons. Think about it. Dan Mullen, 2017. Joe Moorhead, 1819. Mike Leach, 2021, 20, 22 regular season. 
Zach Arnett, the bowl in 2022, most of this regular season. And now a new head coach. I'm, I'm not even including Derek Knox in there. If I wanted to really inflate it for headlines, I'd say a sixth head coach in eight years, but that's not fair. It's going to be five. Even that is incredible turmoil. You cannot have that sort of turnover in the top office and develop any, any sort of stability in a football program, especially not a large roster sport. Could you do it in basketball? Maybe. Baseball, probably not, but not nearly as hard as football because of the nature of the roster, the nature of the schedule, and the nature of the recruiting and practice calendars. State has been so unstable in the head coaching office for various reasons. A coach takes a job. Another one's not up to the job. A coach dies on the job. You can't, you can't plan or allow for some of this, but now that it is ha- has happened, you've got to have stability. As much as you need statistics, as much as you need winning records, Mississippi State desperately needs stability in the head coach's office for a good stretch to just get over this turnover, this turmoil. And it's our profound hope, and honestly, I think it's going to be our expectation that Jeff Levy can end this era of turmoil. His job isn't just to get Mississippi State back on a better track. His job is to keep the Bulldogs on that track for a good, long, successful stretch. And it starts this evening. Actually, it started last evening when he met with the Bulldogs. Now, tonight, he'll have the formal presentation to a large part of the fan base who can make it out there. Of course, it'll all be live-streamed. You can follow it from a distance as well. We'll have all our stories. And then it's to work. We don't know if he plans to be with Oklahoma during the bowl game. I suspect not at this point. Uh, Dan Mullen did because they were playing for a national championship. Oklahoma will just be playing, just be playing in a New Year's Six Bowl most likely. I think they can uh, afford to let Jeff go and get to work on his first head coaching job because the work is here. The work has to be done. But Mississippi State has put its trust in this guy. This long-term coordinator, this long-term producer of points to get it done now is a head football coach at Mississippi State University and in the Southeastern Conference. Is he the right man? Let's put it this way. He's the man who has to do it in an era where now name image likeness and the transfer portal have removed all the old markers. And maybe that puts a lie to my you know, traditional idea that you need somebody who's been a head coach before. Maybe somebody who's brand new to it can see things in NIL and the portal that more established head coaches never had to or are trying to relearn how they do business. At least that's our hope. Maybe even again, that's our expectation. Either way, we're going to find out and it's already getting underway. So that's our doghouse for this, um, Um, first week after Thanksgiving, first week of a new era of Bulldog football. Again, we don't expect the Bulldogs to go bowling at this point. Stranger things still could happen, but as uh, best we can tell, the 2023 season is is officially over, and we'll be doing postmortems on the campaign at some point, but right now there's too much excitement, too much to write about, too much to talk about, and that's what we're doing here in the Doghouse on the Believe Podcast Network. And if you like what you're hearing, or at least we um, fascinate you a little bit with what we're saying, give us a like on Apple Podcast. How about it? 
And check out our full wall-to-wall coverage at JeansPage247 because we've got it. And we've got more coming, especially now as it gets into assistant coach season and the portal coming up. I'll have a retrospective on Will Rogers' career. Guys, you owe him some respect. I, I, message boards bring out the worst in some people, but there were people on our board during games calling Will Rogers everything but a child of God and maybe attributing to other deities in that regard. It's, it's, it was absurd. I know our personalities get involved, but can I give you one adage that I've learned in college sports or sports in general? Never blame somebody for not being what they can't be. Blame the coach or the system that put them in that position, but don't blame the player because he is physically, mentally, emotionally what he and she are. But try to keep that in mind. You know, it, it's easy to say, oh, well, you should not, you know, curse him because just because he's a bulldog. Well, no, it goes beyond that. This is a guy who put so much into his career at state, and now he's going to pursue it elsewhere, which frankly, I think is the best for all concern. Him, most of all, uh, whether he ends up at Western Kentucky with Drew Hollingshead, I think that'd be a good match. Maybe he goes to play with his brother down at Southern Mississippi. Uh, if he can stay healthy, get in a full season, he can approach some all-time NCAA passing records. Of course, the SEC records are done. They're in the books now. We'll be updating that as well. But we wish him well, as long as he doesn't play state in that regard, and I don't think he will be anytime soon. So... And keep that in mind, too, for everyone else who enters the port. I use Rodgers because he's the most obvious example. And one more thing about Rodgers. He's tied for the second most wins as a starter in Bulldog history. The two guys he's tied with, you may know something about. Uh, John Bond and Dak Prescott and Will Rodgers all won 23 football games as a starting quarterback at Mississippi State. That's pretty doggone good company, you have to say. And certainly, I have to say it. All right, that's our little segue here at the end of our podcast today. A lot going on. Uh, I'm going to be on Jackson Radio in about another 15 minutes, so I better shut this thing down quickly. Then on to the press conference at Mississippi State, and we have our full reporting continuing on the beginning of the Jeff Levy era at Mississippi State football. This has been your host, David Murray. Thanks for joining us in the doghouse this week. We hope to get back on a more regular schedule. Oh, by the way, including basketball, when you got two top 25 ranked teams playing in Humphrey Coliseum now, that's good news. And sooner or later, we'll start hearing some work on what's going on with Bulldog baseball over the winter season. Thanks for checking in. Good to talk to you as usual. And we'll be back again next week here in the doghouse on the Believe Podcast Network. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.